Welcome to Series 2, Episode 6. In this episode, I talk to Steve Phillip, a well-known speaker and LinkedIn specialist, but now a suicide prevention advocate. This followed Steve losing his son Jordan to suicide less than a year ago, December 2019. Steve's a remarkable person. He takes things in his stride. He had, and I'm sure still has, some really dark days. But before long, he opened up to the world about this and kept to his true self, focused, driven, motivated. He started the Jordan Legacy. His vision is to get to an achievable desired state where deaths by suicide are rare events. I had the true honour of speaking to Steve and hearing his story. Thanks for being a fab listener. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. Hi, and welcome to uh, another live Q&A um, from the Coronavirus Yorkshire Business Support Group. Uh, we're live streaming on YouTube, LinkedIn, and in the Facebook group. Uh, if you're watching this on replay, please put hashtag replay so that I get a good idea of how this is being watched. Uh, today, we have uh, a fantastic uh, person with us, Steve Phillip, uh, head of mission uh, at uh, Champion Health, but also uh, with his uh, other business, Linked, uh, Linked to Success, uh, a, a LinkedIn expert and uh, social sales trainer. Uh, welcome, Steve. Good to have you here. Hello, Johnny. Good to see you again. Uh, it's been far too long, especially with uh, with Corona. We we sort of cross paths a lot uh, as a uh, as sort of LinkedIn uh, social media and and uh, LinkedIn training and speaking. We sort of see each other at events, but obviously, with no events really going on right now, uh, it's been far too long. Um, you live up north. You live in uh, Panel towards Harrogate, but the accent is definitely not uh, northern. Oh, where, where how long where is this from originally, and how did you land up here? How long is this interview, Johnny? Uh... <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, let's give you the shortened version. Um, parentage originally from Yorkshire, I have to say, from Skipton, uh, which uh, they then moved to Lancashire. Father joined the police force in Bedfordshire in the 1950s because he was too short to be a Lancashire policeman, apparently. Uh, famously handcuffed to Ronnie Biggs, the train robber, I have to say, after the arrest. So there we are, claim to fame. Uh, so brought up in East Anglia, really, Huntingdon, Cambridge, that kind of uh, area uh eventually moved north to go and work in the hotel industry in the lake district where i met my first wife there um and we lived for some years over in morecambe in the northwest before emigrating to canada in the early 90s where we lived for several years uh then came back and the short version of the story is that i uh, got divorced and uh, through work moved to harrogate um so no fixed abode Really? Canada. I didn't realise you were in Canada. How long were you in Canada for? Uh, well, ninety-two to ninety-seven. So, right. uh, yeah, in the glorious uh, prairies of Winnipeg, or affectionately known as Winterpeg. And and you and you don't think you'd want to go back there one day? 
I know I don't want to go back there. Lovely people. No, seriously, we had a lovely time. Uh, Winnipeg is, uh, let's just say it's not on the tourist destinations um, <laughs> if you're going to travel to Canada ordinarily. So um, minus 48 in the winter before the wind chill can get a little chilly when you're sending the kids to school. So uh, it, uh... so, so you started out in the uh, automotive industry. You were selling for uh, working with Saab and Volvo and General Motors and Honda. I think you did that for about 13 years. Yeah, um, well, slightly longer, really, probably in terms of the, the total career path, but then moved into consultancy in that industry, yeah. And, and, and that then led to, I mean, you, you, it was in a sales role, is that right? Yeah, sales leadership. So initially in the sales role and progressed fairly quickly in the 80s to uh, sales management roles and then ran dealerships myself in, in some latter years, really, particularly when I was over in, in North America. And you found yourself on LinkedIn in 2008. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, well, it was interesting because I, um, as we move forward and come back to the UK, I, I then almost immediately saw an opportunity to take a consultancy role with a training company that was in automotive that led me to follow the ops director from that company who formed a leadership and management training company of which I ultimately became a director of uh, until 2008 when I left to set up my own coaching practice um, around personal branding, really how we as professionals communicate who we are and what we do. And I remember having a, um, we leased an office in Leeds at Wellington Crescent uh, in central Leeds there and shared it with a couple of business associates. And one day, one of those business associates, Pete, walked in and said, Steve, I know you're looking for new clients, uh, B2B clients for your coaching practice. You know what you need to be doing. I said, what's that, Pete? He said, you need to be on LinkedIn. Well, I just said, what's that, Pete? Uh, so there was my knowledge uh, as a middle-aged, definitely not a millennial, um, back in 2008 and i kind of did what everybody did and still does to some degree whacked a profile up there left it alone didn't do anything with it and more by luck than judgment got a couple of inquiries uh, to do business and i thought well maybe there's a bit more to it fast track 12 months into 2009 august i co-founded link to success and and now uh showing and uh showing and teaching people how to uh, sell using LinkedIn ultimately and, and convert and create communities and yeah I mean B2B clients predominantly so there'll be clients from FedEx to Honda uh, sorry to Toyota and Harley-Davidson and Deloitte at, the, at one end of the scale through to many SME owner-driven businesses as well it's essentially all looking to do two things really that's, that's raise their brand profile of course and attract new new clients so how do you do that in a professional way online because it is very different to traditional selling uh, which often doesn't work on a, a platform as you know such as linkedin yeah um everything changed uh, seven or eight months ago december uh 2019 yeah um yeah so august last year celebrated 10 years linked to success <clears throat> successful business good year doing well about to sit down with a consultant to kind of map out the next five years to an exit strategy of some kind. Um, and that work was about to kick off in January. Um, I was on December the 4th working with a client, a large automotive group, as it turns out, in the Midlands, which is the International Motors Group. Um, delivered a, a session, uh, interesting enough, on Facebook that day, not, not on LinkedIn. 
Um, went really well, fairly intense day as they always are. Um, uh, walked out of my car, got in the car to drive the kind of three hours back up uh, from Solihull to Harrogate. And uh, literally as I put my phone in, into the dashboard uh, there, um, the name Charlotte appeared on the phone, which was my son's girlfriend, uh, my son, Jordan. Um, answered the phone as I would have done any other other time. Uh, she didn't always call me regularly, but uh, at that moment, yeah, I received a call that kind of changed my life completely as she eventually managed to explain that she was at Jordan's house and he'd taken his own life and she found him. And uh, yeah, that was the start of my life part two, I suppose, really. Yeah, it must have uh, turned your world upside down and turn, turned everyone uh, that knows Jordan or knew Jordan uh, completely around. Um, and uh, and since then, uh, you've sort of found uh, a, a path with, uh, you've become extremely passionate about mental health. Uh, it's fairly obvious to see that. Um and, uh, and 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 I think what's been been really good, certainly from my point of view, um, is seeing you out talking about things. Um, and and I guess, uh, well, you tell me, I, you know, how important it is to talk, uh, and and how you've uh, you've found comfort with that. I guess. Yeah, I think to kind of put a bit of context around this, you know, Jordan had had episodes of depression first diagnosed in 2015. And, you know, maybe some of the people listening to this can can relate to what I'm about to say, because um, around in his very close family network, although Jordan was a little bit of a loner himself, um, would keep people at arm's length. He had his mother, um, my ex-wife, who'd been a senior mental health nurse for uh, many years and his girlfriend Charlotte that was living and, and studying predominantly in Sheffield but staying a lot with him particularly in those last few weeks where he was not he was obviously struggling uh, but she was just about to qualify as a, a, a clinical forensic psychologist um, so two very knowledgeable people kind of there as for me I, I didn't understand mental health depression you know Jordan was having a tough time Yes, we were messaging frequently. Yes, he was saying, I'm really struggling sleeping at the moment, Dad. To, to me, all those things meant nothing other than a lad struggling to, to sleep and, and not doing very well. Um, so firstly, yes, I've become passionate about this, but I've also had to learn very rapidly about what constitutes poor mental health. Um, what are the signs? What does it look like? Because... I have to say I was one of those people that it didn't register how significant the signs were at the time. Now I look back retrospectively and go, that message, that WhatsApp message, that text, that conversation, clearly there were signs that if I'd been educated and understood what I was looking for, I would have seen and then perhaps reacted and behaved very differently, really. Yeah. I mean, you talk about. Um, I think I think uh, Jordan texted you or WhatsApped you the the night before, and uh, you were uh, you know you'd just come off a speaking slot, and uh, and and I think you know he, I think you were talking. You, you both sort of agreed, let's talk tomorrow, type of thing, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I I knew he was struggling in those last few days. I mean, we all knew he was struggling more 
Uh, and ultimately, we've learned that he said that, that that bout of depression was much worse than he'd experienced before because he successfully with medication kind of come through. And but but we, we now know that he was really struggling and had been for, for many years. But he, as many people tend to do, because, you know, alluding to your point earlier, uh, we don't like to talk, particularly men. We, we don't like to talk about any illnesses, but particularly mental health. So Jordan would would protect us, you know. That's what we re- realize now. He was protecting a lot of people by by not talking about it. Um, so yeah, that that evening um, before um, I'd driven from a, a training session down to um, the to the Midlands, um, bought myself into into the hotel there, and I was a little late. Just got downstairs to the restaurant and literally messaged him to say, "Look, I'm just having a beer and a, and a bite to eat. Uh, sorry, it's a bit late, but." Um, you know, uh, can we have a chat afterwards? And, you know, to which his reply, you know, I've, I've actually shared, you know, and this was quite impactful at the time, the actual part of that WhatsApp conversation uh, on a LinkedIn post. And and he just said, uh, okay, Dad, no, it sounds like you've had a long day, but uh, look, I'm feeling pretty tired myself. Is it okay if we leave it tonight um, and maybe, maybe catch up, you know, another time or tomorrow or whatever he'd said there? And, of course... You know that was that was the night before. So um, you know, it's uh, you think of moments like that, and you you know now, and you know I can just feel it now. It's um, yeah, pretty pretty I, tough. I I can a, a tiny tiny bit relate. Uh, I lost a, a close friend at the age of sixteen. We were on a a camp at the time. Uh, at like a, a, a kid's camp uh, and he asked to go for a walk uh, it must have been midnight uh, and uh, and I was uh, being good and we'd told we, we had to stay in our tent so I, I was like no we're not allowed to go for a walk uh, and I woke up to find out he'd uh, committed suicide that night uh, so I um, and I, I believe I was the last person to speak to him so mm-hmm. I, 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 I just to a tiny extent I can relate it, 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 it uh, so it's just truly awful um, mm-hmm. and um, uh, but you mentioned that you uh, you you wrote this LinkedIn post and uh, it, it was from my point of view it was really great to see you talking out loud um and the response you get i mean you got uh, you must have been blown away with the response you've, you've had over uh, i think over a thousand comments on there um you know to to see, to see a, a linkedin post like that is you know uh, i mean i read it i, I cried through it um i i yeah. it, it, it you know it was it, it was it was uh in some ways um heart-wrenching but also beautiful to read it was it was it it, it pulled so many different emotions um yeah it was no i was surprised particularly as it's a linkedin article and, and yeah i know the way all these alg- algorithms work if you post an, uh, post an article um you, you know if one person sees it you you've done pretty well um where a regular post, of course, can, can you know you can share a fluffy kitten and that will do extremely well. But um, so yeah, for an article to have done that that well um, blew me away. But it wasn't so much how well it did. Um, no, of course. I, and I have to say, kind of, you know, because some people might say, well, because it was this was three weeks after. Okay, we not had a funeral and had anything by then. And and you know, I'm sure there'll be people asking, well, how did you manage to sit down and write an article and publish this on LinkedIn? And and you know, I have to say that for, for me because writing and publishing is something that I've done for a long time. 
um, with all that had gone on and the issues with the coroner's office and the police and some of the mistakes that were happening and the frustration and just the pure, pure rawness of it all, I wanted to write this down and I knew I had to document it. And good, it was Big Ian, a uh, uh, good friend, Big Ian, who said to me, make sure you're writing down what was happening. He said, you will, you will want this one day. Um, and I thought, well, LinkedIn's the obvious place. So I, I started to write it. And then as I finished it, I said, why am I publishing in this? You know, what is the reason behind this? Um, is it for me? Is it for other people? Uh, I have to say my finger sort of sat her hovering over the, the publish button for some time. Um, and then I thought, well, look, if it does help one person, because when I reread it again, I thought, no, there's stuff in here that if this stops someone doing this, because of the huge horror that it leaves behind and the trauma that they that they won't really fully appreciate. Although I now know that, to be honest, when you're at that point, the best reason in the world isn't going to register with you not to do it. You're just so detached from anything that we would call rational behavior at that point. And you're in so much pain that we can't imagine either that I've subsequently learned about that yeah even knowing what you're going to do and what that will cause to your family and friends the pain is just so intense and, and you've got to get away from it and jordan wrote that in his, in his letter to us you know this is my only way out to escape you know the the pain that's literally showing me no way out you know that was one of the lines in his in his note and you think god you know what on earth must that pain be like so when I did publish it, I thought, well, if it makes a difference to one person, and then, of course, as you know, the rest kind of was history in terms of the people that got in touch from people that were contemplating suicide themselves to those bereaved by suicide to clinicians that wrote and thanked me for articulating this in a way that theoretically they'd never been able to do or academically not been able to do to the likes of people like Ariana Huffington in the States from the Huffington Post messaging me one morning on an email and just saying, I've just read your stuff and love to kind of feature you on the Thrive Global Network that I'm doing. So it was quite astonishing, really, the response that uh, came from that. Yeah, and that, I think, well, actually, we've just had a comment from uh, Jonathan Sapier and, and you know, I, I was thinking exactly what he's, he's just written, which is, you know, as a dad, uh, you can relate to these things and, and, it, and, it, and it's important, you know, like you've said, if it can help one person, it, it helps us all reflect. Uh, and 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 reconsider and uh you know and and and, and like you've said uh steve you, you, it's very easy for us to say well you know well that's just uh, you know that's a teenager or that's 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 30 year old behavior or or you know he's just tired or or whatever it might be uh, mm. and and, I, and i've done it myself with my own teenager and, and just sort of put it down to he's a teenager um mm. but but actually you know it's it's really important to reflect and, and and ask questions and 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 really get under the skin of certain things because you know it, it, there could be something else I, th I think you're right. I mean, we can look back at Jordan's teenage years as the moody teenager and, you know, both him and, and, and his mum, you know, we've had conversations now going kind of when we look back at certain events in his life now and, and times, we're kind of looking at those through different spectacles now, Yeah, really. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, but we are looking at it from a different viewpoint and questioning whether those were early stage signs of, of, of issues that Jordan was having and struggling you know, as a, as a teenager and then going on to, to university. 
so yeah um it, it's um uh, you know talking about it is so critical but it's a, it's such a difficult thing to to do and and i think it was jonathan was it whose comments just yeah, Jonathan yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when he said, "Look, there's so much more support and acceptance, thankfully," and, and there is. I think one of the things that has happened hugely is that awareness has increased significantly, um, and the government would probably pat themselves on the back to some degree uh, for being involved in that in recent years, um, and so we've ticked the box. But the challenge is, awareness is one thing. Okay, we all know we all know coronavirus is out there. What we actually need to know now is how do I deal with it? How does it affect me? What am I supposed to do about it? And mental health is the same. All right, I'm more aware. I've got teenage kids myself, or I've got a young lad in his 30s or a young girl. Um, where do I go? Where do I go for help? What do I do? And, and that's the challenge now. The, the real challenge is for someone, particularly in a distressed state, is knowing where to go that's right for them other than straight to a GP which is usually, you know, A&E, GP, Samaritans, oh, yeah. first quarter call. And then there's this plethora of different, very good privately run organizations some very good NHS support, but it's a minefield trying to work out how to, to, to get there if you're in, in not a good position mentally to be able to work that out for yourself. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I was even uh, just reading, uh, it was Jordan's birthday a couple of uh, weeks ago, wasn't it, the mm -hmm. 11th? Uh, and I was reading uh, the post that you wrote because you've you so so you started uh, the uh, the Jordan Legacy. Mm, mm. Uh, just to tell us about the Jordan Legacy actually, and and, and where that's come from. And yeah, uh, it, it's it's, it's interesting that really, really John, because um, two significant developments, I suppose, have been the Jordan Legacy and my role with Champion Health. Now, as you say, as head of mission there, um, uh, my business link to success in LinkedIn consultancy has taken very much a back seat. I'm still doing little bits on, on request or on demand, if you like. Um, but the Jordan legacy was born out of conversations with the family and I need to create something. And, you know, a good friend told me that, you know, you, you end up in these situations going one of two ways. You either sit on the sofa with a bottle or you get up and, and create and do something. And um, uh, the actual term is actually known as post-traumatic growth. It's an actual term for it where you end up in many cases becoming a very different person achieving more than you would have done before the event so you know very sadly but consequentially you can end up actually you know doing some pretty wonderful and amazing things and different things as a result of trauma um but it's set up as a kind of charitable organization i'm just waiting to kind of formalize its its charitable status as such but it was a way that i wanted to create something online to tell jordan's story um the legacy we've called it very deliberately so people understood who jordan was and that we could share other stories on there um but ultimately that we could signpost and provide help and guidance around mental well-being um and uh, suicide prevention so it's in its very early stages. Uh, I get frustrated that we haven't made the progress that we should have done. And then it's only when people stop and remind me and say, you do realize it's only seven and a half months since you lost Jordan. And I kind of have to pull myself back a bit. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot to be done there, moving very much towards the suicide prevention focus increasingly now with people that are partnering with me and, and uh, coming on board. Um, but, um, 
yeah, just just uh, you know, really a site to direct people to to help and provide some guidance if they've been impacted by poor mental health and, and suicide. Really, and so. you but and, and and you're also raising money. Uh, you've got uh, you know, what's the vision? Where 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 do you hope it could could go one day? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I knew that that my the type of work I did was doing was going to change. I, I knew that I wouldn't be carrying on with LinkedIn training indefinitely. I'd kind of lost the the motivation to a large degree, understandably. Um, even, but though, I knew, even though, sorry to interrupt, even though you're extremely successful and uh, and 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 got some amazing stories on some of the uh, things you've done for clients. That some of the, you know you, you go in do some LinkedIn training. Two weeks later, they've got a, a was it a half a million pound contract or, or maybe it wasn't that high. Yeah, you know, it was. Well, the engineering firm pretty well within a week there wasn't it five hundred thousand pound contract from a client in Brazil. I mean, and, uh, you know. Um, yeah how can but, you stop doing that you're not allowed to stop doing that <laughs> i don't know but but hey look what, one thing that changes is money no, no, no longer becomes important success no longer becomes important you know i've just come out of um uh, you know a car had a big mercedes on the drive for ages i was just tuned that in for a, uh, a little i should say sporty but a little little mazda little mazda three um you know, firstly, I'm not driving anywhere very much these days, but kind of a lot of those things that were like really important to me aren't anymore. Um, so that that drive for that success as such has, has, has gone. Um, so, yeah, so I, I knew I was going to do something different. I knew it would be in speaking, you know, as a, as a speaker, conference speaker and um, a business speaker. Um, you know, it's always been a passion of mine. I, I knew I wanted to continue to do that, but with a very different message. Um, obviously, during lockdown, that's been restricted. So my voice is predominantly through LinkedIn now. Um, but as time goes forward, there'll be you know consultancy work that I'll do and speaking through there. But ultimately, the vision um, increasingly is moving the Jordan legacy towards very clearly pr providing help and support and training and guidance with partnerships, uh, specifically around suicide prevention. Uh, and I think that's become very clear to me probably only in the last couple of weeks because up until this point i had this vision of of almost a catch-all for social isolation mental well-being um confidence building suicide prevention and it was kind of everything we knew jordan had experienced we we kind of as a family and friends said right we want to tackle all this well that's great if you've got a team of about 30 people doing that but now after a period of time and reflection say where should it focus really where can we have the most impact, then that will be very specifically looking at suicide prevention. And I know that incorporates everything else that's behind there, but I think we'll see the platform shift very much towards that being the key. Yeah, I think... The key I, message I, there. And I think it'll have much more of an impact. And uh, and, and just like your sales trainer in you and your LinkedIn uh, trainer in you knows uh, that the more targeted and, and niche something becomes, the more uh, impact you're going to have. And 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 ultimately, if you you know what you're after there is to is to prevent uh, another suicide. Um, and and if you can do that, uh, then you know that you're going in the right direction, aren't you? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very much. I fully uh, appreciate that. Uh, you then had a, an encounter with uh, Harry Bliss from uh, Champion Health. I mean, we've talked about Champion Health. You're 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 now head of mission there. Um, yes, head of mission control or something. Uh, <laughs> told just to make up my own title. I thought, well, that's, that's, that's impressive. Um, um, 
Yeah, I mean, this this is again. It's a lot of synchronicity happened. Uh, you know, someone who you know, I'm 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 not a religious person, and, and definitely not someone who's necessarily particularly spiritual at all. But I have to say, there's been a lot of synchronicity taking place in the last uh, several months that that I can't really explain. But um, as the word got out on LinkedIn. <laughs> I'm going to interrupt again slightly because you say that you're not religious and, and you're not spiritual, but I was re as I said, I was reading your uh, blog uh, around Jordan's birthday um, and you really do hope that there's going to be, you know, more to life and life after life and, and you'll get to spend time with Jordan again. And uh, the, uh, was there, there a football reference and what was the, the I don't even know what the Hooties were. Oh, uh, well, Hootie and the Blowfish. Very oh, good. is that what it was? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, in fact, is we went to see Hootie and the Blowfish in Leeds and saw a concert in October. Uh, one of Jordan's favourite bands when we were over in Canada and living there, and uh, they're an American band. But uh, yeah, we went to see them in October um, together. So um, and the Gooners. Sorry, yeah, Arsenal. That is um, Arsenal. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's for well, yeah, debatable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But look, so I think on, there is a bit of spiritualization. Look, I, you know, and, I, and I won't go into this now, but that that event that you're talking about, um, uh, and even the most hardened skeptic, which I consider myself to to be, couldn't help but but sort of draw some kind of conclusions or thought processes around the fact that it was Jordan's birthday on on the 11th, um, and um, we went over to to Morecambe where his his grave is and. We spent some time there. It was, it was an odd day because it's also Jordan's sister's youngest birthday that day as well. So Jordan's nephew, Samuel, had his fourth birthday the same day. So you can imagine what a kind of mixed day that that was. Um, so we went through all that, all the all the tears, the sadness, and then playing with a little four-year-old on his birthday and then driving home to kind of collect your thoughts. And um, there on the, on the doormat as I got in was um, a parcel. A uh, small parcel addressed to me from the coroner's office. Um, I knew what it was because, in fairness, the coroner's office had phoned me earlier in the week um, to say that um, finally they were able to release the original copy of Jordan's suicide letters that were contained in a notebook. And there had been a lot of debate in the family as to what this notebook was. Um, his mum and his sister thought it was the notebook that it was. His girlfriend said, no, I sorry i don't think it was um so as you've seen in, in in the post there um i have to say when i got home saturday i didn't open the parcel i couldn't i couldn't open it sunday it was it was monday lunchtime i thought i think i'm in a bit of headspace where i can i can do this and I opened it up and there was this shimmering book um that if you turned it um in different light colors of the rainbow and the spectrum are shown um, and imprinted on the front of the book, uh, it was a book that his mother and his sister had sent him just a week before, uh, was, you know, kind of behind every cloud is a rainbow or something of, of that line. And I, and I just smiled at it and I thought, kind of wish I'd opened it on Saturday. But seven months and seven days after Jordan takes his own life on the seventh of the month, um on jordan's 34th birthday three and four okay even i'm doing this now which even now i'm about to smack myself around the head um this book arrives on his birthday now what i won't share with you now are some of the subsequent conversations and one very long two and a half hour conversation i've had with a lady since that happened that has made me question my disbelief <laughs> 
quite significantly um um and yeah so yeah i absolutely get what you're saying and and let's just say on the scale i've maybe just moved up a few notches and as this lady described maybe you're on the same journey that i've been on for 20 years as a total atheist originally she said and, and then went on to explain her story and life events which were quite remarkable and uh, a lady who i know to be very sound of mind and very black and white kind of individual but um so yeah so who watch this space so uh, i was about to say watch yeah. this space. So, the, so the stars the stars further aligned uh, and and you i rudely interrupted you were talking about uh, yeah. uh, champion health uh, and yeah. harry and, and and how the stars align there and and, and this uh, head of mission uh, what exactly that was uh, yeah uh, well, well, well this is this is fascinating and, and in many ways an exciting journey um not least because i get to work with a bunch of 25 year olds um uh and pretend i'm young again but um uh, from that first article and, and the subsequent post that I shared, obviously I, I mentioned to you before we, we started the interview that I, I received a lot of communications from people and you, you must read this book, you must speak to this person, you must connect with that, you must do this interview. And it, it was really quite overwhelming, but a constant name that came up was was Harry's. Um, uh, and then Harry himself reached out and just said, look, I don't know if this is the right time, but you know, at some point I'd really like to meet you. Um, and to kind of put this into a date perspective, this was about 10 days before lockdown. So we must have been early mid-March, I would think, second March. week of March, yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, and um, so I went to meet him at a cafe um, in Harrogate. Uh, just a funny side issue on this. I hadn't really looked at Harry's LinkedIn profile or his photograph very clearly. Uh, and I don't know about you, but the name Harry Bliss kind of conjured up a 1960s Michael Caine movie. <laughs> I just thought I was going to meet some old guy in a raincoat. And um, there was this young 26-year-old fresh-faced lad uh, with a laptop. And, uh, oh, okay. Um, but very quickly, Harry demonstrated the, the platform that um, he um, and through his father, who's a clinical leader and psychologist at Sheffield, and his mother that helped him bootstrap the company to get it going, a very successful businesswoman in Sheffield herself. Uh, and together with a team of um, 25 academics and GPs they pulled together, have created um, what is quite a remarkable and will be even more remarkable um, digital platform to allow employees to take their own personal health and well-being assessments um, and receive their own personal action plans and the aggregated data is provided to the company as a report to identify very specific areas of well-being within their organization and that'll be everything from lifestyle nutrition smoking drinking sleep deprivation those things to um physical issues around musculoskeletal problems back problems <clears throat> excuse me and um and then mental health around depression anxiety and stress levels and one key area around general energy levels um in life generally uh, have i got enough energy after work to go and play with the kids or what about that two o'clock sort of post lunchtime slump um and you know in let me just take a sip of water sorry uh, no i, I was going to say please do take a a drink uh yeah yeah so uh, and the company is, is celebrating some fairly major investment that's just launched i'm meeting with the team for the first time i have to say in four months physically at a socially distanced garden party uh, at harry's mother's house but this young startup company 
has achieved some remarkable things in the nine months since it was launched, taken two years to develop. Um, we know through conversations directly with some of the clients already that the platform saved four lives. We've got actual feedback on that from the companies themselves. So what about the ones we haven't had feedback from? Um, and with the innovation and development that's happening in the next six months with a really good quality team of young people, um, then there's no question in my mind that Champion Health is on the journey to become the market leader probably in this type of, of platform and making a huge difference to those companies that are really serious about putting in a well-being strategy and and actually give a damn about their employees to be honest yeah yeah and 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 especially with uh, coronavirus right now with remote working and and uh well you know the chance of losing jobs and furlough and all sorts of stuff um it will be invigorating a lot of these uh, thoughts and 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 you know if if companies if organizations weren't taking it seriously uh, now is the time they really absolutely have to uh and I, yeah, and it's, it's a big frustration. I have to say there are a lot of companies doing some great stuff and, and are really on board with this. Um, but look, we've got this odd situation out there at the moment in the workplace, and, and that is that we've got increased levels of anxiety and uncertainty right from the top of organizations through to frontline people. So top CEOs, managers, they're all kind of struggling with what's gone on. Um, where are we going to be in three months, six months? time as far as this business is concerned where am i going to be as an employee you know i'm one of the fortunate ones that hasn't been made redundant um and i think i'm coming back after furlough but how long will i be there for when the likes of marks and spencers suddenly make a decision you know at the last minute that they're going to let x number of employees go so huge amounts of uncertainty coming back into a job where actually i've been quite used to working from home yeah uh, really comfortable with that and now you're saying i can't do why not? Because I've actually been producing probably better work during that time because I've not had the stress of the commute and all that to worry about. So you've got those challenges uh, and, and issues to kind of deal with. Whilst the companies themselves and HR directors are dealing with furlough and other issues and redundancies every day, just trying to keep the business ticking over. But in doing so, have almost become blinded to processes and systems and almost forgotten that there's this huge issue building in the background that if they don't take care of their people with a really well-developed uh, well-being strategy, they aren't going to have a business. Yeah. yeah. It's, as, yeah. it's as simple as that. But getting that balance right is is, is a real struggle. And, and that's why I'm beating the drum. That's why I'm so passionate about it. And when I get you know companies emailing me saying, I'm oh, really sorry, um, I couldn't get any... Um, uh, really enthusiasm out of the fellow directors because they're busy delivering a service. I just want to drive down there in the car and hammer the door down. Yeah. Or I get a lady, an MD of a very successful housing company in Yorkshire just this week that says, I absolutely get it. Absenteeism cost this business £134,000 last year. What I'm investing in Champion Health is, a, in her own words, a smidgen. Yeah. You know, so, so we've got op opposite ends of the scale. And it's true. And having seen the product, I can see uh, the difference it can make in the dashboard. Being able to see what's going on across your workforce uh, mm. is is so invaluable. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, well done to Champion Health for producing something that's uh, that the, there was a big gap in the market, uh, and um, and it's a, a very clever 
system. So, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think one thing just to add to that, John, as well, is it, it's very mission-led, uh, <laughs> I should say. Led. Dread, uh, okay. Um, because uh, a good number of those that work at Champion Health have got their own lived experiences um, as well, pretty powerful ones like myself. And, um, you know, we are definitely mission-led, first, profit-led, second. Which you know is the best way to have a, a business and an organisation. It's uh, it's it, it, authenticity is what it's what what counts these days, uh, and and, uh, and and that's good to hear. Um, you're you were talking earlier about um, how you've been inundated with some of your LinkedIn work recently as well, and and uh, I think that's a sign of the times with coronavirus. I think I think people are are starting to come out of this. Well, I think businesses are realizing that they need some help and, and realizing that they need to actually, uh, you know, if, if, if they want to bring in the revenue, uh, they're going to have to change what they're doing. Uh, is that what is, is that what? Yeah, you're I, I think uh, I think it's a good observation, Johnny, because I think it, for me, it was a bit of a barometer that things were, were shifting and changing, that people were coming out and saying, right, we need to do business again now. Um, so, yes, um, I, I was really surprised when the inquiry started coming in, given that my LinkedIn profile gives a slight clue that I still do that, but but nowhere near what it did um, before. So. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been useful. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I um i'm very comfortable with obviously know what i'm doing um i've done it for for many years now so um it's um something that i can step back into very very uh, easily there but um but and it's also in many ways not a bad distraction because uh, when you're living every day around the term suicide and every day around the term depression and anxiety and you know, to have something sometimes that, that is not related to that um, is actually quite welcome. So uh, maybe I'll just keep my hand in a little bit. What do you reckon? Just I think, well, you know, I, I, absolutely, I absolutely think you should. What 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 are the, the things that people are constantly getting wrong uh, with how they use LinkedIn? Well, the things they've always got constantly wrong, really, Johnny, is having their wedding uh, photographs on uh, as a profile photograph with the partner's arm cropped out. Um, uh, or this is me up a mountain with five of my friends. Guess guess which one is me? Um, so those those fairly fairly common ones. I think the big one is is still, and this applies to a lot of senior executives on LinkedIn, is still writing their profile like they're going for their first job when they were seventeen. It is. They're writing it like a CV. I, I'm a highly yeah. passionate, motivated individual with 25 yeah. years. And as a potential client of theirs, I'm reading that going, so what? Why is that of any value to me? Your mother will be impressed if she reads your profile, but actually I'm not. So I think one of the things that yeah, I'm constantly and have said for years is that unless you are using this as a CV to, to get a job, but even then you need to be selling the value that you can add to that company, not upfront your track record, then the same applies in sales is that if I connect with you on LinkedIn and I'm getting X number of connections a day and I have a few milliseconds to kind of consider you, why should I connect with you? Why should I listen to you? What value and how quickly are you articulating that to me? And clearly, what value do you add to my life and my business. Tell me that and maybe we can connect and have a conversation. Try and sell to me in the first minute of dropping me a message and I'm gonna ignore you. 
<laughs> yeah. And, and it, but there's, uh, uh, there's so many people that still don't realize that there's such a huge opportunity on, on a platform like LinkedIn. There's a huge opportunity. Uh, and it's, it's just about how you use it, isn't it? And, oh, and what yeah, you do I'm with so, it. So excited last night. I'm working with a new client, a um, couple of directors of a, a company. They're a Microsoft partner um, and dealing tech and um, I've been dabbling with LinkedIn. And we're in kind of the third one hour session, but we spoke yesterday and, and the MD there said, he said, two things already happened. He said, one is I've just signed terms uh, for a fairly large piece of work this morning that I know the only way that's come to me is via LinkedIn now. And I've been asked to speak at an event that's come directly from the posts that we talked about last week that we've shared. This is already working, he said. So, yeah, that's exciting to, to hear that that kind of feedback there. Um, yeah. So, and, and you know, it, it's, it's just trying to put yourself in the shoes of those people that might want to buy from you. And I think when you start to do that, you, you, you will change how you communicate um, via LinkedIn, I would suggest. Yeah. Um, I, um, uh, I'll be following the, the Jordan legacy very closely uh, and uh, look forward to reading more uh, blogs. How, what, what are the practical tips that you've got for how you're going to continue to live with this? What's the, what? Yeah, kind of answers on a postcard, isn't it? it, it um, look, it's um, it's interesting. You know, I sit here and I can smile and have a laugh and a joke at, at, at times, and, and we do that during the day. Um, and you kind of, you know, lots lots of people that have been through similar circumstances said, you know, you, you don't lose that grief or that pain. It is with you every single day. Um, and the thought of Jordan and what happened is there every single minute of every day. You know, I, I, I've recognized that now. Um, and, and what you have to do is you kind of have to kind of grow around it. So it kind of stays there and, and you just have to kind of try and work around that. But you are different. There's no question. You know, I'm, I'm different in many respects. Outwardly, I can still be that same person to the world. But internally, yeah, I'm uh, just a completely you know different person from that perspective. Um, but I think equally the point about... Um, talking and having a close network of people is as important if you're bereaved by suicide as if you're contemplating it you know we, we're all now going through our own struggles day in day out you know we have the whatsapp group with jordan's mum, his sister his girlfriend my wife and i still you know which we set up in those very early days we message every night every morning through the day as a group i don't see that changing to be yeah. honest, uh, at all. And um, so, yeah, t t whatever the situation, whatever you're going through, who are the people that you can, uh, that you feel you can talk to? And that could be an organization, that could be an individual. Um, and, um, you know, it's worth making a list sometimes to say, well, who are these? Do I, have, you know, if I was in that, and the time to do it is now when your mental health is in a good place to say, if I ever got in this situation, who, who would I turn to? Do, do I have a list of four or five and, and how they might be able to help me? If I don't and I reach that position, then what am I going to do if it's just me? Um, yeah. And prevention is what this is all about, you know, the work that I'm doing. And prevention sometimes means to say, you know, why, why do we take out insurance on our car or our house? We don't like paying for it, but we know, and very often it never happens. 
So we pay thousands and thousands of pounds in our lives for insurances that we, we never ultimately end up needing, but we take them out in case. And, in, in, and mental health is the same. I think, you know, we have to take a preventative look to say this could, you know, who, who, who'd have told me on December the 4th when I woke up that morning that that would happen to me that day, that my life would change forever on that day. I was just up and about and off another training session. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I was the least prepared probably of, of anyone really. So, so I think, yeah, the tips would be make sure you have a network, make, make sure you know what your own contingency would be if you ever found yourself in a similar position. Now, some people will take that advice now and some will go back to work and it's another day, you know? Well, hopefully some people actually change their way, change their thinking uh, and, uh, and and start asking the right questions and thinking the right things uh, and speaking to people. Mm -hmm. um, you are truly inspirational. I'll be honest, you know, I've seen you as a speaker many times uh going back years as a sales trainer as a, a linkedin expert and you were inspirational then um you've gone up uh, a whole nother level um and uh it, it's uh it's fascinating to keep reading and to keep listening and to keep watching and uh the strength that you've got is 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 uh empowering and impressive so keep at it but at the same time uh it's good to hear that you're taking a break i know you're going away for a, for a couple of weeks in august and that's so important steve you're you're like me you're a, a i think a bit of a workaholic <laughs> yeah um, definitely whilst it's distracting it's also good to have a break as well so so very so much enjoy, yeah. looking enjoy, forward. enjoy that break and if you do Love want it. linkedin training and you're watching this just give him a break in august <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely yeah um, I'll, I'll just tell people i'm fully booked yeah <laughs> um how do we um uh find you steve so there's the the mental health side that well there's the three things just talk us through the three yeah the three. i mean uh everything really um uh, i mean there are websites for each of the sites uh, linkedin you know is, is the obvious place to go so um, you know, with the correct spelling of my name at the bottom of the screen there, you'll find me fairly easily. Uh, and on my profile will be all three, the Jordan Legacy, Champion Health and Link to Success, the three businesses. Um, and then, yeah, the website for LinkedIn training, which is uh, linktosuccess.co.uk. And the link to success is a number two. Um, and then there's championhealth.co.uk. Uh, and then there is the jordanlegacy.com so they're the, the three sites uh jonathan's still with us uh, uh great interview what an inspirational guy wishing every success to the thank call. you jonathan that's lovely thank you um and uh, we've had some uh, other comments as well um but uh thank you very very much indeed um for those uh watching um the uh, just to remind you uh, if you want to see more of these uh, then head over to the facebook group the coronavirus yorkshire business support group uh, thanks for joining us thanks more importantly to steve for joining us and oh, sharing thank you for inviting story. me uh, it's uh, it's it's been uh, fascinating and, and thank you and and my heart is truly with you uh, on your journey and i'll be watching your spiritual journey as well um from now that's all <laughs> Uh, thanks very much, and we'll see you all soon. Take care. Thank you, Jonathan. You've been listening to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. Thanks so much for joining me. 
If you want to continue the conversation, head over to my website, fleet.marketing, or find me on LinkedIn. That's all for today. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, tag me in your social media posts, and please leave me a review on iTunes. It will make a huge difference for me. I will see you soon.